Looks like Gornamrit has a question. <laughs> yeah, I'm finding this is the only book that I didn't never read of yours you know, for whatever reason, but uh, I'm appreciating it a lot. Um, it's kind of a uh, couple of questions. That there's a verse here that talks about one who repeats this mantra with pranam, pranava, om, before and after is free from attachment, realizes the Parameshwara, and is who is beyond material sensory experience. So the way that we've heard the mantra, there's no om in the beginning or the end, so I'm just wondering, is that something one, I mean, something one can do? Because we didn't specifically hear that from our guru. Uh-huh. Well, it's good to uh, chant as you've heard it from your guru, but um, there's no harm. Uh, adding the pranavomkar. That's the uh, prototype of all Vedic mantras, the original sound, sometimes compared to the flute sound of Krishna, from which then uh, all the teachings expand. <clears throat> so, in there, if you would like to do that, that's um, authorized <laughs> from the Shruti text itself, obviously, Gopal Shruti, Gopal Tapane, the Upanishad that sheds light on the significance of Gopal Krishna, and therein his mantra is revealed, the 18-syllable Krishna mantra, sometimes called the Gopal mantra. It's the mother of all Krishna mantras. Hmm? or ten-syllable, twelve-syllable, this syllable and that syllable, variations, if you will. We find uh, that uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu received a ten-syllable mantra from his guru, Krishna Mantra, and Gopakumar was also chanting a ten-syllable Krishna Mantra. Uh, At the same time, the eighteen-syllable Krishna Mantra is uh, underscored in the... uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita, and of course, there with reference to the dawn of creation and Brahma Samhita and so forth, Krishna speaking it to uh, to, to Brahma. <clears throat> um, but uh, I want to say that if you want to do that, then it would be also useful to. A look at the Gaudiya explanations of of the Omkar. Hmm? Um, I believe uh, a good starting point would be Chaitanya Charitamrita, where this is discussed in the uh, context of Sriman Mahaprabhu's enlightening Prakashananda Saraswati, the the um, Advaitins, which from which sector he hailed, are very fond of the Omkar. Hmm? Uh, syllable Om. Hmm? Um, and, um, of course, Suman Mahaprabhu gave him a different understanding of it, and uh, that in the course of enlightening him in the Vaishnava, with regard to the Vaishnava perspective on all such Shruti uh, mantras. 
Um, Ajiba Goswami also explains this uh, um, Umkar and what one of the Sandarbhas, I guess, must be the Krishna Sandarbha. Otherwise, Dulal would know about it. <laughs> Jeeva, we haven't got the right, so you, you haven't come across the... Uh, I'm think, trying to think where Jiva Goswami's explanation of Omkar is. And you haven't come across it in the, in the, in the Bhagavad, the Paramatma Sandarbha, Tattva Sandarbha. Um, right, so I can't remember, but... Um, Anyway, it would be, forgive me for that, but it would be worth researching. That said, I was once sitting with Prabhupada, and um, and he said, um, I wasn't alone with him, but in the room with him, and he said, I forget exactly the context of what he was talking about, but he said something to the effect, however, you cannot get the same ecstasy from chanting Om, which filled the room with ecstasy, as you <laughs> as you can from chanting Krishna, which then took it to another level, <clears throat> and uh, that of course um, is the emphasis in our uh, tradition on Krishna Nam. Jiva Goswami makes a similar statement in the Bhakti Sandarbha. That may be where is his explanation of Omkaras. In the Bhakti Sandarbha, he, he says, uh, actually, he makes the statement there that he attributes to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Shrotam api Upanishadam dure harikatamrita. And then Kampashu Pulakada, he speaks about the, in the second two lines the Sattvikabhavas. Sattvikabhavas are um, involuntary physical expressions of internal. Um, ecstasy, hmm? like weeping and horripilation, and, uh, changing of the, the color of one's complexion, fainting, and so forth. Um, there are typically eight mentioned. There's nine mentioned for Vatsalyaras, a topic that came up yesterday, which is the, the flowing of the milk from the breasts of Jashoda. Um, but there are others. Rupa Goswami says, that uh, uh, he hasn't mentioned them because they're so rare. Hmm. Um, like perspiring blood, which Mahaprabhu did in the, in the uh, Rathyatra hmm, festival. Um, so, and we know that Mahaprabhu is, 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 is far and above the greatest example of the embodiment of ecstasy. Many years ago, when I first uh, chartered my course outside of Iskon under the guidance of Pujapad, Bhakti Rakshakshiradev Gosami Maharaj, um, I had at that time the idea, and it's a good one, that not to bother, forgive me, with a, with a congregation of bodies, but to... Um, bring together a reading congregation, a congregation of people who identified with the thoughts that could be put in books, hmm. and that we would just be on the same page, so to speak, uh, without having to get too close necessarily, <laughs> and other things coming up, uh, and so on. 
um, at any rate, at the time, in my little history, <laughs> at the time, um, the uh, ISKCON Society, which I was where I was born, of course, um, was, uh, there was a lot of tension between those of us, few of us, who had departed from um, its uh, boundaries and come under the guidance and shiksha of Pujapachita Marsh. And uh, it wasn't like today. Iskon was not very porous. There were, you know, they were like everybody was locked inside, like like the Buddha, you know, as a as a child was kept within inside, so he wouldn't see what was outside and change course and so forth. So, um, to, just to give an example of that, I, as you know, was uh, quite famous for distributing Prabhupada's uh, books widely and inspiring others to do so. Um, and some of you did that. Well, so you were also very inspirational in that, to me anyway. I remember in, in New York. But um, uh, at that time, then the, the the book trust of the Iskon Bhaktivedanta Book Trust would not sell me books of Prabhupada to sell to the public. That's how bad we were. <laughs> we were really bad <laughs> in their estimation. So. I thought I've got to write books. Now, I, you, I had never written any but a letter at that point. So, as probably used to say, I don't know who he was quoting, maybe Napoleon, mother, uh, in necessity is the mother of invention, right? Um, so, I started writing. And um, to come to the end of this short aside here, quickly, we, we just, we, published a magazine entitled Clarion Call, which is a term that Bhakti Siddhanta used to invoke at times, referring to the Krishna's kind of concluding statement in the Gita, Sarvadharman Prityaja, Mami come, Sharanam, come to me, give up the Dharma and Varnashram and, and the pursuit of Gyan and so forth. Uh, so we entitled it Clarion Call. Anyway, we had quarterly issues and each issue was about a particular subject and then we would write articles number of them written by me under different names and so forth even but it had a pretty small staff but one of the one of the issues was about to get to the topic here ecstasy and we put the picture of Mahaprabhu in Rathiatra one of those pictures on the front he was weeping and and you know that all the articles were about ecstasy it was our biggest seller I didn't know at the time there was a drug called ecstasy that had come out <laughs> But anyway, it's a popular uh, topic. It, 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 knowingly or unknowingly, I like to think of the world like this. I, I like to think of human that human humans live well somewhere over the rainbow. Mm-hmm. That's where they live, actually, with hopes and dreams that really could come true, mm-hmm. that extend beyond the limitations. Uh, they constantly run into arising from the uh, the, the the present um, limited biological and psychological vehicle, not knowing that it's the vehicle that they could open the door and get out and then look at it from that vantage point, then get back in and drive, you know, over the rainbow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So these explanations of human life that you hear today sometimes that reduce it to just meaningless 
matter and physical forces is not in any, in any anywhere near an, an accurate explanation of what human life is. Hmm? Of course, the over the rainbow uh, metaphor, if you will, speaks to us, uh, and I like the song. Um, uh, Judy Garland, right? Wizard of Oz. We used to watch it every year. <laughs> you guys probably did when you were kids. Yeah. Um, you know, it it kind of speaks about the the fact that we desire such a thing, but that we don't know how to get there either. Hmm? Um, uh, because we agree with the materialists that rainbows aren't what they might look like, and the world's not what it might look like through the eyes. People sometimes invoke this argument, um, materialistic people, that, well, it may be intuitive amongst human beings and perhaps uh, the world over, a sensibility that the world extends beyond the eye and the mind and there's more to it and so forth. But we used to think the world was flat, too. But there's a qualitative difference there. Hmm. What you think the world physically is like is one thing. And that has nothing to do with quality, meaning, value, purpose, hmm. which is all about what over the rainbow is about. I mean, properly understood, right? Hmm. The idea that there's more, there's meaning, there's, uh, there's qualitative possibilities um, in, in life, not just quantitative uh, forces and so forth. So it's not a fair um, kind of dismissal, if you will, um, of a universal intuition. Yes, there are universal intuitions that are inaccurate, but this doesn't happen to be um, one of them. And we only need a few people, and one like Mahaprabhu, to demonstrate the fact that that um, there's something, ecstasy means beyond the senses. Hmm? It's really kind of, I think, literally, I don't know what the Latin is, but I believe that we can look it up. Uh, it means like beyond the senses, if there's something beyond the physical, really. Hmm? And I, as I often say, we, as human beings, we, we, we really live for that. We live for that more. We live for the, the extra mile, the extra you know, split second that we could run the race and uh, and all the times at which we stretch the possibilities of the world, that's what we continually celebrate and honor and live for, to go to the moon and stretch it again. Of course, you have to ask, what will you do there? Hmm. Right. Hmm. We are suggesting the journey of journeys, hmm? the most courageous uh, voyage, and it costs absolutely zero taxpayer dollars also. Hmm? A yogic journey. You can also go to the moon, right? Go to the sun, right? I'd leave at the right time, right? <laughs> so there's a, an inner world, right? <clears throat> I'm not sure how we got there, but... Um, but Yes, that, that there, there's not as much ecstasy in Om as there is in the word Krishna. And Mahaprabhu said that these 
transformations, kampashu pulakade, these uh, sattvika bhavas. Hmm? He says, shrotam uh, opi upanishadam. The sounds that we hear from the Upanishad, Shrotam Api Upanishadam, Dure Harikatamrita. Dure means far. Far are far away. They leave one at a distance from Dure Harikatamritam. Of implication of where you could go by Harikata, the the immortal uh, nectar. Hmm? Uh, of uh, of Harikata, which then he explains, that shows itself, for example, in these ways, Kampashu weeping and horripilation and fainting and, and implication is a world of, <coughs> excuse me, ecstasy. And that's what we find in Rupa Goswami's explanation of the different rasas, for example, in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. You probably understand, you see all their movements are certain are their sattvika bhavs or anubhavs and their inner feelings are stai bhavs or, or sanchari bhavs uh, and uh, so on and so forth. It's a whole uh, world of ecstasy described uh, as um, what um, every word is a song, every step is a dance, and then you have Jiva Goswami making the famous comment that I like to cite, what must be the dancing then? And what must be the singing? If every word is a song, if every step is a dance, what must be the dancing? I just wrote about the dancing of Krishna's cowherd friends at the conclusion of the festival of Gopastami. Hmm? And uh, after the astrologer had said, the Lagna, that's the time is here now. This is the time. And Anyway, if I had it, I'd read it for you. It's quite interesting. Quite but the dancing there, what it must be like. Hmm? Um, so, um, so, Om and, <coughs> excuse me, other uh, uh, Vedic mantras, aphorisms, sounds, furthermore, um, from a Gaudi perspective, of course, and this is what Mahabhu taught, Prakashananda Saraswati, amongst the sounds, like uh, the Vakyas, the Tattvamasi, Aham Brahmasmi, Neti, Neti. These are the sounds that Prakashananda and company, the Advaitins, were contemplating. They're like cone, like Zen cones, like, what does it mean? Aham Brahmasmi. And they would just kind of penetrate on it. Hmm? There's the there you you know about um, what is it what is the term called shravanam you know kirtanam smaranam um, and dharana smaran um, no it's a it's a it's a it means the contemplation hmm? no uh, no 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 it's you guys don't know it. It's, it's not. Uh, it's a it's an Dwayne term. Hmm. But anyway, it, so like the, the kind of. Hmm? No, that's there too. But similar. But yeah. So to so you know to to like 
use your mind to just think about the one subject or the one aphorism from different angles and so forth. Um, modernum. I think no modernum, that's not it. That's certainly not it. Anyway, um, so uh, among these sounds that Rupa Goswami in his Namastakam uh, compares to various jewels that give off light, hmm? Amongst them, Mahaprabhu argues um, forcefully and well through the pen of Krishna's Kaviraj in his discussion with um, Prakashananda that Omkar is actually the Mahavakya of the Upanishads, not Tattvamasi, which was the mantra that Mahaprabhu received as a sannyasi, which was a, a sannyas mantra that there was given to the different schools in the Dwaitan lineage. Mahaprabhu received the mantra from from Keshava Bharati, the Advaitin, although he gave him an interpretation of it from a Vaishnava uh, perspective first. You know the story, it's quite charming. Is this the mantra you're going to give me, he said, and whispered it into Keshava Bharati's ear, who then had a Vaishnava epiphany, and he said, yeah, that must be it, and, and he gave it back to him. Hmm? So amongst them, Omkar is the best. It's the principal sound. And still, as Prabhupada said, you can't get the same ecstasy from chanting Om as you can from chanting Krishna. So um, those sounds leave us far from the land of Harikatam, that land, that world of, of, uh, of ecstasy. And Rupa Goswami's verse, Namastika, I mentioned in the first verse there, Nikila Shruti Api Ratnamulyam. He says, these sounds are, are like jewels that have uh, illuminating power. Hmm? And the, properly understood, the rays of their illuminating power are all for the purpose of shedding light on one sound consisting of two syllables. Krishna. Hmm? So, a few Vaishnav thoughts um, on uh, Omkar. Given uh, and, and, and given that, um, our emphasis appropriately on Krishna Nam, then what really makes the mantra work, if you will, hmm, is the names of Krishna. These mantras are like formulas that you could take out a word and insert a word. You could put Shiva in there and and uh, Shivaya Namaha instead of Shivaya Swaha, hmm. right? And then you will go to Shiva hmm, or whomever. So, what makes the mantra? Some well, this is an interesting point of, of sorts um, that uh, we tend to lay stress sometimes on the Diksha Mantra. Hmm? But um, the power of the Diksha Mantra derives from the Nam, hmm? the name of Krishna in the Mantra. And then we have, independent of that, just the Nam Mantra. Hmm? Right? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. So the perspective of Chaitanya Charitamrita is, is uh, similar then that um, by invoking the Krishna mantra, samsar mochan, 
you can become free from samsara. That means mukti. That's kind of speaking about the negative half of the equation hmm, of of that constitutes the attainment within Gaudiya Vaishnavism. We remove the negative half of samsara's influence, hmm, and then the positive side. You get a passport, and you get a, you get to leave, and you get a visa to enter. Hmm. So it says that by you know the verse, Marsh. See, Krishna Charan. So Nam Mantra takes you to Sangsar Mocha. Nam takes you to Krishna Charan, to the lotus feet of Krishna. So the mantra is meant to help us take advantage of the name. Hmm? It it is it's it's for uh, growing the Sharanagati, hmm? um, becoming a Sharanagata, perfecting the kind of the that uh, sadhana bhakti and erecting, as I sometimes um, describe it, a, a stage in the heart, a dramatic stage, so that Krishna, who's not even from his name, can enter the theater of the heart and perform his his his, his drama there. So w- w- while you won't find the gopis and gopas chanting the uh, Gopal Mantra in meditation, they can't do that. Hmm. Some sages are there. They they will do they will do that. Hmm. And for special occasions, they'll come out of the woods upon the invitation of Nanda Maharaj for something like, for example, a Gopastami with their matted locks hmm, turned golden hmm, from the brightness of, of the sun, illuminating, carrying water pots collectively, containing the water of all the holy rivers of India. And they come for the Gopastami celebration and they see the objects of their inner meditation standing in front of them hmm? and praise him. Hmm? But gopas and gopis, they offer respect to them. They're not chanting mantras. It's a button Krishna Nam that is constantly being chanted and put to put to verse and sung Ram Ram Mahabaho Mm-hmm. This is the challenge, of course, that comes in the Pogandalila for, for Balaram. As I said earlier, I think yesterday, the fact that he is this powerful protector <laughs> is like, it's all like coming from your soda. She's her own worst enemy mm-hmm. because she has made Balaram out to be this protector. He's only eight years older than Krishna. Eight days, excuse me, eight days older. You know, Prabhupada, from the heart of Prabhupada came this never-seen-before form of Krishna Balaram that we see on, now in, in a number of temples, um, like here, Jai, Kanuram Kijai, um, and in the center altar of his Krishna Balaram Mandir, which has the tallest flag. You know that? What's that sadhu's name? Hmm? There was a sadhu that came to live at... Uh, Krishna Balaram Mandir. Prem Bhakti used to know him quite well. He passed away. What was his name? Uh, she'll be upset with me for not remembering. 
Uh, but anyway, he, he was he used to stay there, and um, he had this very strong affinity for Sakyarasa. So he went everywhere looking for a Sakyarasa guru. Hmm? He went to now the now um, uh, a charge who holds the seat of Raghunath Das Goswami at Radhakund. What is his name? Anantadas. Anantadas Pandit. Anantadas Babaji. And asked him for the mantra. And he said, no, no, it was the only, only Madhurya Rasa was possible. And he, he couldn't accept it. He couldn't accept it. He said, hmm. And so he, he just came back to stay at the Krishna Balaram Mandir and, and he, used to, he used to say, and the proof that this is the best is because the flag over Krishna Balaram, that's the tallest one. I mean, this is kind of logic. Because they have the three domes, you know, and the center dome is the biggest one, the flag is so he would argue with some of the devotees there. Hmm. No, no, no. He was another similar sentiment. Um, but um, where were we? Um, yeah. Yeah, so um Balaram, um, yeah, uh, Prabhupada gave this description of Krishna Balaram, where where you have the deity, so from his heart standing on the altar, and Balaram is leaning on Krishna, on the shoulder of Krishna. Right here, you can see him; he's leaning on Krishna's shoulder. So Prabhupada would, in, for amusement, sometimes he would ask, who's stronger, Krishna or Balaram? Hmm? And then when they would make the argument for Balaram, or what, he would say, that, but he's leaning on Krishna's shoulder. Hmm? So, so he's holding up Krishna. Krishna's holding up Balaram. Hmm? And the, when the Pakanda Leela starts to Manifest this now. Balaram has been. We've, everybody's been told he's powerful, and, he, and, he, and he's, he's he's imbibed it from Mother Yasodhi. Yeah, I'm the older brother. Uh, that's my role. That's who I am. But he hasn't done anything to show it. Indeed, he didn't protect Krishna from Shakatasura, and it was Krishna who slayed uh, Putana, uh, Bakasura, hmm? uh, Agasura. He wasn't even there for that. Hmm? That's why when 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 the Pogonda Leela description it begins in Bhagavatam, we find these the Gopas they they challenge him. Ram Ram Mahabhav, oh Ram, you've got such big arms, but you never did anything with them. Yeah. Hmm? Who says you're you're powerful? Mother Yasoda said it, but you know have we ever seen it? So they get at his his uh, ego as the protector that she's kind of foisted on him, which is again she created her own greatest nemesis because then when he gave the permission yes Krishna should go to the forest she had to defer for herding cows she had to defer to him so and somehow we, we drifted off in, in, into that um, it is a nice place to go um, but um, yes we were saying that the name the name the name is uh, is um, takes us to the lotus feet of Krishna. Hmm. 
mantra delivers us from samsara and to then the nam. In it, so I was saying, so in that land, hmm, then we, we do find Krishna Kirtan. We find them invoking the names of Ram and Krishna hmm, uh, repeatedly and constantly uh, uh, putting into poetry and song remembrances. Hmm. This is their meditation. This is a good example to illustrate and underscore a point that was uh, emphasized by Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. What did he say? He said, You know it, right? Kirtana Prabhavi Smarana Swabhavi. He wrote this in his poem Vaishnav K. Hmm? You know the poem? Vaishnav K means who? Who's Vaishnav? Hmm. Um, he wrote this poem after having sat and um, chanted, what was it, a billion names, which took, I don't know, eight years or something like that. Hmm. So he did his Nirjan Bhajan, Nirjan, solitary Bhajan of Nam. And afterwards, he got up from that. The story is, of course, that in his Bhajan, Nam Bhajan, one day, a piece of paper rolling in the wind came in his vicinity and he picked it up and on it were the instructions, I think, of Mahaprabhu to Rupa and Sanatan hmm? to write books about Vaishnava philosophy, to establish places of pilgrimage and uh, places of worship in Vrindavan, to teach the Vaishnava etiquette was the fourth, so I can't remember. Hmm? At any rate, so he took all oh, this to heart. Mahaprabhu was telling me I should get up. And, and of course, and that was the push of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Imagine, you've got two Siddha Purushas as your gurus, Bhaktivinoda and Gorgashore, and they both tell you the opposite things to do. <laughs> what a great problem. <laughs> Bhaktivinoda wanted to preach, and Gorgashore said, don't bother with that. It's just a headache. Hmm? That's a thankless task. Hmm? Do bhajan. Hmm? But, um, and he did the bhajan. And then he got up from the bhajan, hmm? feeling the current of Bhakti Vinod Thakur uh, coming to him. And, uh, and then he began his mission. Hmm? So it's not that he didn't, wasn't familiar with that uh, approach, if you will. He did that. And, uh, and then he wrote the song Vaishnav K. He said, "What kind of Vaishnav are you, my dear mind? You know, you're sitting in solitary bhajan." But, and he more or less uh, critiqued what he felt was the 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 norm, what had become the norm within the Gaudiya community in the Dham, where the community was. There wasn't a community outside of the Dham, either Puri Dham, Vrindavan Dham, or Navadvip Dham. Hmm? There was no like Calcutta Temple or Bombay Temple. Would speak of New York or San Francisco. You know, this is our party bar to take it everywhere. It's it's quite an honor to be such a member of a member of such a such a lineage. But um, he um, he wrote this uh, poem more or less critiquing the standard where people get initiated and they were supposed to sit down and just chant 
300,000 names like Haridas Thakur every day. <laughs> In recent decades, uh, there were some devotees who had left our paribar uh, to join other ones and do this uh, Bhajanandis type, type life and so forth. And uh, sometimes they said to me that uh, that they're chanting, um, you know, 100,000 names, or what is it, a lack, a lack of names a day or two, and it only takes five hours. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so and so is doing, actually, there's 500, and he only takes him, you know, six hours and, and so forth. I used to chuckle at that, because the story uh, in Chaitanya Charitamrita of Haridas Thakur is that he chanted 300,000 names and it took him 22 and a half hours a day to do it. Mm -hmm. So they were saying if you really get deeply meditated, you can chant really fast, you know. And then you got a lot of other time, you know. To, I don't know what they were thinking, you know. Uh, get it done with, you know, is, is not the mood to enter into uh, chanting your rounds. <laughs> How far is that? Well, what time is, you know, is it? It's not the part of the the practice, right? Um, so, um, he critiqued doing this immaturely, hmm? and he said, oh, well, well, although this is the Paramahamsa Marg, not everybody, that, not everybody that joins becomes a Paramahamsa, and so there have to be some stages that they, they go through of culture and purification and spiritual growth before they can effectively sit Meditate, and Mahaprabhu set this example himself. Obviously, he preached widely, converted people. He did Nam Sankirtan. He was a public figure for, for the larger portion of his lila, compared to his, uh, his, his Adi lila and his Anti lila, and the Madhi lila is larger. And that's the center, as Krishnaskabi Goswami says, of his Chaitanya Charitamrita. This is my book is emphasizing the Madhi lila, which is the way. Hmm? You can't really emphasize the anti-lila. That's not the way. That's a result of following the way that's almost beyond talking about. I mean, Mahaprabhu couldn't talk <laughs> in that state. That's why he couldn't be a public figure anymore. Hmm? He was babbling. Hmm? Those who knew him, they could chant certain verses, Rupa, or it's a... Swarup and, uh, and uh, Rai Ramananda augment his feelings and uh, and so forth. That's very extraordinary. That's not uh, so. That's a result of, of the way. That's in other words, as Bhakti Sadhana said in that poem. Kirtana Prabhave, Smarana Swabhave, by the Prabhav, by the power of Kirtan, which is what is the method. To Mahaprabhu's madness, right? That's his method, Namsan Kirtan. It's all outlined in Shikshastakam. But the power of Kirtan, it, it, of course, it reigns supreme in Kali Yuga amongst the Angas of Bhakti. Hmm? And its virtues are uh, particularly um, extolled in the Bhagwat. Hmm? Bhagwat ends with an advocacy in his last verse of Namsan Kirtan. And throughout the book, you can find this is emphasis, kirtan, 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 hmm? throughout Srimad Bhagavatam, <clears throat> kirtan of Krishna Nam. So, but the power of the Krishna kirtan 
smarnam, internal life meditation, comes about. It it arises, rather than trying to artificially step into that stage and, and become a hypocrite, as Krishna says in the Gita Mityachara Savuchate. He tried to sit down. Hmm? But my advice is to keep active. There he's advocating Nishkam Karma over Gyan. So we're not advocating Nishkam Karma, but we're but the same more or less kind of development is there within Mahaprabhu's method of Sankirtan, if you study the, for example, Shikshastakam. So, this idea, I'm saying that the Leela is a nice example of this. Hmm. Because their Kirtan is going on after, inside of meditation. I mean, they've, they've entered into inner meditation and come out. They're in a meditative, subjective, super-subjective world. Hmm? With a meditative form, it's not like well, it's only in your mind. It's in a meditative mind. It's real, hmm? um, and they're living in that. And in, and inside of that, they're doing kirtan. They're doing kirtan to get that, and in, and in in that, the, so the kirtan is beginning, and end. it is the it is the way, and the end together. They're the they're in meditative bodies. The bo- bodies are created through meditation. Hmm? You understand? Not created, but they're manifest. They're 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 bhava dehas, bhava vapu, and uh, and in the, and those forms are chanting Krishna Nam, Hegovinda, Hegopal, and so forth. Uh, so it's a good point just coming in our discussion to emphasize or to illustrate further the efficacy of um, of kirtan with regard to in comparison for example to uh, smarnam so krishna nam hmm, is the most uh, you can get more ecstasy from that than chanting om but don't neglect om necessarily right did you ever chant this mantra here that kopa kumar yes Sure, Shri Krishna Gopal Hare Mukunda Gobinda He Nanda Kishoda Krishna Ha Shri Jashoda Tanaya Prasheta Shri Balabi Jivana Radhikesha uh, These are the favorite names then of Gopu Kumar. You may notice that they're laced with some um, together in his Sakyaras with some Madhurya Rasa Kishora Krishna. Hmm? Um, Radhikesha, Balavi, Jiva, Jivana. What does he say? Balavi, Balavi, Jivani, Jivani. Anyway, Jivani, Jivana, Balavi. The life of the gopis. The, he's the, he's a he's a lover of Radha. He's Kishore Krishna. He's. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Nam mantra. Mm-hmm. So, what else? Yes. 
Um, on your talk last night, you were talking about the um, different Rosses that are compatible with Bakuras. Mm-hmm. And you were saying that um, for the pre-anormal Chakras, um, Majoria Ross is mixed with Sakuras, whereas in the other, um, it's a bundle. Yeah, the term that Rupa Goswami uses is sankul. Sankul, it literally means like bundling together. Hmm? Um, and he uses this term to speak of the fact that some devotees have a, a rasa that is bundled together with others. Hmm? And this occurs within uh, Dasya, Sakya, and Vatsalya. Mm-hmm. It doesn't occur within Madhurya. Mm-hmm. And so you find examples in, in the Braj and outside the Braj, like the Pandavas, you find this Sankulrati. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe Ugrasen, uh, different devotees. And in the Braj, uh, you find it as well, and amongst the coward boys, you find some who, who's, who's Sakiras is bundled with Dasya or bundled with Vatsalya. Hmm? Balaram has his Sakiras is bundled with the other two. We say, we, we define him as the Sakya because that's the prominent one. Hmm? Now, the reason he uses, and so with regard to them, he uses the term Sankul. With regard to the um, Priyanarmasakas, like Subal, he uses the term Mishra. Mishra means mix. So the difference between mixing and bundling. So you could bundle things together. Hmm? Uh, it would be one thing, but mixing them, the two, you kind of, well, you understand the difference. They, they, they have some kind of merging. So um, the idea, of course, is that Sakirasa is. Uh, based on equality, a sense of equality. Hmm? That Krishna and, and his friends, they, his friends think he's equal. He's just one of us. They're on equal terms, completely. In Vatsalya Rasa, we don't have that equality, do we? We have the, the child and the, and the parent. Hmm? Right? And in Dasya Rasa, you have the, you know, the teacher and the student, for example. They're not on the same level. That's why you can't have parnai in Vatsalya or in um, um, Dasya. Hmm? Parnai is that... Anyway, it's a, it's a term for... esoteric term for uh, love connection that can be made between equals. In fact, the equality... Um, of Sakiras is, is is how it's it's ver- viewed to be the most virtuous because Krishna's having the exact same feelings that I'm having. Hmm? That's not the case in Vatsalya Rasa or in Dasya Rasa. So it's you're you're just so much on you're on the same page in the same paragraph in the same parenthetical phrase, hmm? right? Kind of idea that that's <laughs> how they think about it. So. Um, therefore, if you have Sakiras bundled with Vatsalya Rasa or Dasya Rasa, 
if those influences start to exert themselves, equality will be compromised. Hmm? Right? Hmm? So they don't mix, but they come, and now the Dasius influence is there, and he experiences it. He doesn't mix with the with the with with the Sakya, or now the Bhatsalya influences there. And there are examples in the Bhagavatam of Balaram expressing himself as a Das of Krishna, as a Guru, Vatsalya, elder brother of Krishna, and as an equal. Hmm? And Rupa Goswami explains in Bhaktivasamrita that he experiences them independently, each one independently. So they're bundled together. So you can imagine you had a bundle and you pick out this one and then you pick out that one, something like that. Um, whereas Madhurya Rasa, by contrast, is compatible with um, Sakya Rasa. It's not, a, it's not an enemy. But Sakya Rasa is an enemy of Sakya Rasa. Hmm? Dasya Rasa is an enemy of Sakya Rasa. I mean, Rupa Goswami, Rupa Goswami uses these terms, friends and enemies, Rasas. You can say compatible and incompatible. It might sound a little more compatible or whatever. <laughs> a little more politically correct or whatever, softer. Um, so, um, but you can understand what, I, what I'm saying. With, with Madhurya Rasa, then if you have a friend you really like, then he has a romantic partner that he's involved with, then you like her too. Hmm? As, as, a, as a friend and you're sympath- sympathetic, empathetic, and so forth. So when he describes the mixing of rasas, which rasas can mix and which can't, and so on and so forth, um, then um, the compatibility of, of Saki with Madhurya is, is brought out. And in the case of Krishna's friends, then the the anga, or the body, the main body of their rasa is sakya, and the angi, the limb of that, becomes the madhurya. And so its purpose, the madhurya there, is to augment the sakya and take it to new heights. So that's why those friends of Krishna who are empathetically involved in his love affairs, Radha and Krishna's love affairs, serving them, they experience uh, more intimacy and greater intensity up to Mahabhav, for example, that those other sakas don't. You are, you, the order is something like there's Dasya, and then above that, so to speak, is Sakya, then above that is Vatsalya, and then above that is Madhurya. But in the case of the Priyanarma Saka, there's, there's Dasya, there's Sakya, there's Vatsalya, and then there's these these Sakas whose love is mixed with Madhurya, and it goes up to Mahabhav. Hmm? Similar, different, but similar to the the um, empathetic. Really, they they have the same empathetic love that the that the Manjaris have. It's called Tadanamodan or Tadbhav. It's empathetic love. Just like the Manjari has no desire to be romantically involved directly with Krishna, but to assist Radha in her 
romantic a life with Krishna. So they don't have any ambition to have a romantic life with Krishna or with Radha, but they are sympathetic to an empathetic and they have some experience thereby of their love so that they are equipped to be empathetic and say the right things and know what to say and understand their feelings and so forth. That's why it's possible, Jiva Goswami says in Preeti Sandarva, that they, these Priyanarmasakas, they experience also man. Man is a jealous kind of, they don't feel jealousy, that would be, that would contradict their nature. Hmm? Because their their nature is also Vishrambha, it's confidence. They're, they're just completely confident, sure of their love for, for Krishna and Krishna's love for them. Hmm? Each one thinks Krishna loves him the most, and each one's right. So they can't think, looks like Krishna likes him more than me. How can that, this doesn't enter in. Hmm? Right. Um, whereas there is this jealous, if you will, love in in, rom- in romantic love, they experience it, so to speak, vicariously, hmm? and that therefore they can be empathetic in such times. So that's why it said Subal, the leader amongst those type of boys, is most equipped, really, in all of Braj, to uh, um, express empathetic love for uh, Radha and Krishna, expressing it to uh, empathy to Krishna or to Radha. Hmm? He can he can break her man, her jealous love, when nobody else can. So he understands it very well. Does that help? Yeah. That's, uh, what time is it? Yeah, you want to wait? I've got a question, but it'd be a long one. Okay, we're, you'll be here tomorrow, right? Okay, what time is it now? We should probably stop there. Shishigora Adamada Bhakti Jai. Pranavom Karki Jai.